0: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone. Want to say big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show? That's Big O. Right now through September 6th. That's uh, today. Save up to $150 on Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires anniversary sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Get down there. Make that happen. Take advantage. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum, coming up here momentarily, former BYU quarterback. He's going to join us on on Mondays once again this year, get his thoughts on the football weekend and uh, particularly nice when it's rivalry week there, Gordon.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those uh, turnarounds from what happened over the weekend. Let me ask you this. How much of an advantage is it for Utah to have had an, an extra couple of days?
0: Eh, negligible, I'd say. Really? I mean, of course, having an extra day, you know, extra day to recover, prepare, those things. I, I, I think that's, you know, reality, but... I don't think it will decide the game.
1: Yeah, I, just being able to rest up and, and sort of put things together, although I think the Utes are in pretty good shape in that regard, better than BYU.
0: Out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Joining us now, former Cougar, uh, former Cougar quarterback Tanner Megum, with us back on The Big Show. What's up, Tanner? How's it going? Terrific. A heartfelt congratulations to you and your young family, my friend. Uh, We've been uh, kept up to date on everything, and it sounds like everything went really well. Congratulations on the addition.
2: No, I appreciate it. uh, We're very happy, very excited. Both baby and mom are doing well. She's been um, just a lot of fun, and uh, we're, we're definitely excited, so I appreciate that.
1: So, Tanner, uh, real quick before we get to football, um, when my first, uh, when, when, when I remember when my daughters were born, especially uh, number one, it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing <laughs> to experience that. Your experience was?
2: Very, very, very similar. I, I, I really can't even put into words. I think any parent would agree that it's just indescribable, that feeling of, uh, watching the, this this new um soul enter the into the world and it's just you know my love and admiration for for sid my wife just goes up even more i mean it was just a really amazing most beautiful experience of my life for sure.
0: Now, uh, I'm now. I know you're not going to get this question from your father-in-law because of his lack of experience in the in the <laughs> realm. But how's your diaper changing skill? Pretty good. How's it coming? <laughs>
2: they, they, they still need some work. I'm getting right. some practice in. I think it's going to take a little bit, but uh, definitely work in progress. <laughs> well, I can <laughs> show you a few. But, times, so, but yeah. so far, so good. You know, it's just good. starting, starting small.
0: I like it. All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk a little football, Tanner. And actually, we'll, we'll get to football on the field, but Gordon and I were just chatting about this in the last segment. What are your thoughts on, on BYU potentially going to the Big 12s? It looks like that is uh, moving, and could uh, news could come as soon as this week.
2: I mean, with the college football landscape these days, I feel like anything is possible. And honestly, I think it would be a great move. Um, you know, I, I think for a long time it's been in discussion. And for it to finally be taking uh, you know, kind of getting some traction is, is, is a good sign. And I, was, I think there's always some concerns of, um, you know, in years past, it, there's been hopes that, that it would happen, but then it ended, up, it ended up getting nixed or ended up getting delayed. And um, I feel like this is kind of the closest it's ever been. And I think it would be a big move, bigger exposure, more money, better for recruiting. Um, you know, I, I think all around it would be a win-win.
1: So Tanner, I know you were taking mental notes of what you saw from b y u quarterback jaron hall uh share some of those with you
2: yeah i I think that game really um came down to how the game started um it, first game of the season first start for jaron in a while um first time really being on you know, you know on the big national stage like that. You could definitely tell at at the start there was a little bit of those first-game jitters. Um, You know, He started off one for six, missed a couple easy throws. You could just tell he wasn't quite himself, wasn't quite all the way settled in. And so then from there, I think Coach Roderick noticed that. Coach Roderick is big on helping his players feel comfortable and not giving them too much or overwhelming them. He wants to help his players feel confident. And so from that point, you could tell the play calling got a little conservative. Um, and that's where some of the, I think some of the issues started, where the kind of the lulls came about, there were flashes, um, uh, there were some, some big plays that were made, but overall, I think for, for after that start, after the shaky start, he got a little bit, um, yeah, I guess conservative is, is the word. And, but then I think from there, Jaron got settled in that second half. There were some drives that he put together that were really solid. Um, I think the touchdown pass to Neal was beautiful. That on the deep post, um, kind of showed his his capability there, his arm strength, his accuracy, his touch. Um, he he exhibited his his athletic ability, his playmaking ability with his feet on that long scramble down the sideline. Um, and so I think you know he's he's just got to be able to to settle in from the start, out the gate, especially with this this uh, upcoming matchup next week against Utah. It's going to be crucial for Jaron and the whole team to to get off to a to a hot start. You know, you're not, you're not going to be able to to get away with you know too many mistakes. Not going to be able to get away with turnovers, especially in these in these matchups with BYU, BYU Utah. It always comes down to turnovers and ball control. And so I think um, you know Coach Roderick is going to just have to work with with Jaron to make sure that you know they they have the right game plan in place that is one comfortable for Jaron, but two more explosive, more creative, more dynamic. Because once they started doing that, that's where they had success.
0: So I'm going to ask you a cliche quarterback question, uh, I guess, but I think it's an important one. And it's about, you know, you hear the cliche, can he make all of the throws? That guy can make all of the throws. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you're guaranteed success. And and guys that can't make all of the throws, by the way, like say somebody like Tim Tebow had plenty of success in in college football. But my question to you is, can Jaron Hall make all of the throws?
2: I would say he can make 85 to 90 percent of the throws, um, and that's pretty good. Um, you know, I think last year BYU fans got a little bit spoiled with Zach. Um, Zach was just unbelievably confident on top of his game and was just making making all those throws. And I think also the the easier schedule helped with that as well, It gave him opportunities to get away with some aggressive uh, type of throws and and really. Um, but his, his throwing, um, expertise on display. Uh, you know, and so, so I think BYU fans have to temper their expectations a little bit. You know, Jaron's a different player than Zach. Um, he, he can make most of the throws. Um, he can definitely make the throws that matter, the the ones that count. Um, you know, he, he showed that on, on Saturday. There are some that he missed, which I know he can make. Um, You know, and if he connects on those, I think there's a much better taste in Cougar fans um, now the next day. So, uh, you know, he's got to be able to just just play within himself, use his strengths to his uh, to his advantage. Like I said before, use his playmaking ability with his feet. Um, You know, he, he really only did it just once, once or twice. He can definitely use that more against Utah especially if Utah goes with man coverage. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Jaron to scramble a little bit more. Um, and and then, uh, you know, I think really is a great opportunity for him to, to show what kind of throws he can make against the Pan opponents.
1: How difficult is it, Tanner, for for a guy like that who has that kind of athleticism to go through his progressions the way he should and to see the field? I it's It's hard to tell that when you're watching on TV. But I had a friend of mine who was at the game, uh, who was up in the press box, and he he told me that in those early stretch that you were describing there, there were some open receivers being missed.
2: Yeah, again, I think that comes down to just those first game jitters, kind of being not quite as settled, not quite as confident. Um, you know, but I think to to Jaron's credit, he wasn't too jumpy, uh, if that makes sense. Like, oftentimes when you get when you get an athletic quarterback that has the ability to run you'll see them drop back, look at their first read, and then if it's not there, take off and run. Um, I think that was something that uh, you know we saw a lot from Taysom. Uh, back when he played at BYU, he was very, obviously, very comfortable running the football. And so you you'd see that a lot, where first, first read isn't there, then they take off running. And I, I Jordan didn't do that. Yes, he did miss some guys. He missed some open guys downfield. He missed some easy throws. But at least he was staying in the pocket. He wasn't getting too frantic or too panicky. He was, you know, overall stayed, stayed pretty calm. It was just a matter of kind of settling in and finding his touch, finding his groove. Um, and so that's that's good to see. And I, and I think he's smart to do that because he has the ability to to do both. He's not, you know, stronger in one area than the other. He's very balanced. He's a good thrower and a good runner. I think it's good for for him to use both.
1: You mentioned, Tanner, that 67-yard throw he had. I don't think a ball could be thrown much more perfect than that one was. And what was so impressive to me about that is he had traffic in front of him. It wasn't like he was just sitting back in the pocket without any pressure, and yet he— delivered it in the face of that right on time,
2: right on target. Exactly. That, that was a great example of him just being comfortable in the pocket, not getting too frantic and not looking to, to take off and run at the first sign of trouble. Um, but, you know, I think a big thing here, a big concern of mine going into this to this uh, big matchup next week is BYU's health. Um, obviously losing Gunnar Romney is a big uh, loss for that offense, and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, and we'll wait to see. And on, on the Nakua brothers, um, I know they were holding them out to, to be, you know, keep to be cautious, keep them healthy. Um, those would be very welcome additions for the BYU offense. Um, but you know, Jaron's going to need a, a lot of help. Um, I think Tyler Algier shined really, really well in, in that game. He, he showed he's the clear RB one. Um, just you know, it's, it's impressive seeing his continued improvement, his speed. Is um, you know his strength coming around the edge. It's they're going to need all things to click, and I think on Saturday they weren't clicking all the way. They they got lucky. They they um, the defense was was you know lucky that Arizona field goal team didn't connect twice. Um, you know an easy interception at the end of the game. You know it was it was a, it a little little bit of a sloppy first game, but they're going to need to uh, to clean things up if they want to you know have a chance of success on Saturday against Utah.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Utah looks to have a pretty good roster. Roster, they brought a lot of uh, folks back, but you know, you're know you familiar with the way Utah does things. They've been doing it kind of the same way for a long, long time. So with that in mind, what needs to happen this upcoming week for BYU to get a victory?
2: <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I mean, really, I, I think last year would have been their best shot to get a victory against the U. Um, you know, Utah was having a little bit of a down year. BYU was having a little bit of an up year. Um uh, but now here we are and and I think, you know, it's just one game in, so it's kind of a little bit too hard to to tell with hundred percent certainty on who is the better team. Um I mean I I obviously would would give the, the nod to Utah at this point just based on how they looked in game one um versus how BYU did. Um but it like I said, it, it's gonna take much better execution on both sides of the ball, I guess, technically in all three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams, BYU got away with a lot of uh, mistakes. Um, You know, for example, you do something as simple as the botched PAT uh, on that first score against Arizona, you know, you can't get away with that against a team like Utah. Three and outs, um, you know, injuries uh, to, to key players, defense, you know, giving up, um, you know, missed, busted coverages on defense, um, you know, getting lucky with Arizona's missed field goals. Like I said, they, they got lucky a little bit. And against Utah, it's, you can't really get lucky. Um, you got to really be sharp. You have to execute. All three facets of the game have to be on top of on top of their game. And um, so, you know, they obviously have their work cut out for them. But I, I think these games, as we all know, Come down to one play or one turnover, and the little things add up. And so we'll see how uh, who, who executes better on Saturday.
1: Why didn't BYU utilize the tight ends more, Tanner? Any idea?
2: I mean, my opinion. I mean, I, I, I this is just just an opinion, but I, I don't think they have the, quite the um, the dynamic down the field, stretch the field, playmaking ability that they've had in the past. Um, you know, I think last year, obviously, Isaac Rex was, you know, a touchdown machine, but a lot of those touchdowns came in short-yarded situations. You know, he, he's not the guy that's going to, like, really stretch the the seam or put pressure on an outside corner. Um, you know, they, they don't have the type of speed that, uh, that that Matt Bushman had. You know, Bushman was a little bit of a flex guy. You could flex him out a little bit, and he could he could run. You know, he had some good good speed, but with Isaac and Dallin Holker, I think they're still just kind of figuring out where they're um, – you know, where, where their strengths lie. Uh, they obviously are, are solid possession receivers, I would say. They're, you know, reliable pass-catching targets, but, you know, they weren't re- necessarily utilized um, stretching the field. And I think that'll, that'll be something to watch for on Saturday because um, they're going to, you know, they're going to need them. Like I said, Jan's going to need all the help he can get in the run game and in, in the passing game and, and having those tight ends as, as an option. Goes a long way, and just helping a quarterback feel comfortable, giving you know, him a reliable target on those short to intermediate passes. So, um, you know, and I think I, I know Coach Roderick; he wants to get him involved more. So I know that's a learning from Saturday, and they're definitely going to game plan more to get them more involved.
0: Did the rivalry change when Coach Sataki got hired? You played for both Bronco and and Kalani. It felt it feels to me like the vibe around the rivalry. Got taken down a notch, maybe because of uh, coaches' experience with both teams. But give us your thoughts as somebody who was there.
2: I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel like it. It, it got. To, this is tough because this is this is from a BYU perspective. Like from from a BYU perspective, like it, it felt even worse because the winds just kept adding up. I mean, what are we at nine straight now? Mm-hmm. And and so as those wins just kept adding up, just felt. More and more um, motivated, you know, to, to to try and end the streak. A little bit more um, bitter, a little bit more, just you know, just a little bit more more tension. I mean, obviously, Coach Sadake had had experience with Utah. But, I mean, he you know he wanted he wants to beat them as bad as anybody. Um, and you know, Utah was having more success. You know, obviously on the uh, the winning side of of the rivalry over the last decade um and it, which gives them you know a lot more fuel a lot more room to talk trash a lot more um edge if if you will and so you know i wouldn't say that it's gone down i and, you know it's just it's just in a different type of a different state right now just based on who's been dominating but i think it's still alive and well it's still thriving um you know I, I think any social you can go on social media go onto twitter and you'll see that you know those fans are still still chirping back and forth to each other, so it's, I think it's it's going to be a fun one. I think especially this year, the year after COVID, fans are back in the stadium. Didn't play last year, so now it's kind of there's some delayed uh, gratification now, that's finally going to you know fans are finally going to be able to watch this. And it's the first home game. I think the energy will be um, palpable on Saturday.
1: I wonder how the matchup will be with Utah's offensive speed versus BYU's defense, Tanner, because. As I was watching the game against Arizona, uh, Jake and I were talking about this. BYU was missing tackles, but some of the time it was because they were out of position to make the tackle. Uh, how do you think uh, that's going to go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I give advantage to Utah on this front. Um, you know, I, I would agree there, that there were some, some moments where they were out of position. Uh, I think they don't have the uh, most elite uh Speed in the secondary, um, BYU's defense. Um, and I think you know, losing a lot of senior, uh, you know, veteran leadership from last year's squad, it left a lot of slots open, and guys have had to fill in. And I think there's there's some holes there. There's some gaps that need to be filled. Um, you know, especially when you go against you know a, a Pac-12 team like Utah, who has speed, who has weapons that's going to be something to look for. And I I know definitely Utah is going to like to exploit that. They're going to, you know, I think try and put BYU defense in in tough positions and really try to to isolate them and take advantage of those mismatches. Um, You know, I I think you've got to give BYU credit. Overall, they they, they played solid. Um, You know, there weren't any, like, uh, you know, jarring mistakes. They were just kind of small ones. Um, but uh, against a team like Utah, you're, you're going to have to really it, 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 a team like Utah where you're a little bit physically outmatched. It's going to be, um, you know, a challenge for V secondary to, you know, just to fill those holes and to make sure that they're that they're keeping up with Utah's offense.
1: If you'd been on the field when Keenan Ellis got hurt the way he did and that whole thing went down, I mean, what do you do, Tanner, in that situation? I mean, the fans can feel it. The media can feel it, but I just wondered what it's like for teammates.
2: It's a tough thing to handle because, one, you're really concerned for your teammate, and you just hope that he's okay. You're just, you you want to know what's going on. You want to get more information and figure out if he's all right. Um, you, know, you're, you feel for him. He's your teammate. He's your, he's your brother, and, and so you're, you're, your heart hurts. But then in a matter of seconds, you have to put that behind you and focus back on the game and you're really going to have to compartmentalize and um, forget about it for the, for the time being and just focus on your job and and on your assignment on on the next play. Um, You know, happy to hear that Keenan is, um, was, was responsive and was, you know, and and, and was able to, to, you know, not have any, I guess, severe injuries that, that we know of and was really happy to hear that. Relieved to hear that. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, those are the, um, I guess those those breaks in the game, those injury breaks, are tough because you got to, like I said, just compartmentalize and um, you know be there for your teammate in one instant and then the next instant be ready to go and and um, and play in the next play.
0: Well, Tanner, thank you very much for for coming on with us and taking a few minutes as always. And uh, honestly, enjoy that time with your family. It's a special one. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming on.
2: No, we'll do. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Tanner. Our friend Tanner Mangum just had a baby, Gordon, last week. Grandchild number seven. I should, uh, on August 31st, because it was on my anniversary. Remember that? yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, Number seven. Number seven. Now, if all seven were left with you alone at once, (laughs) how would it go? Oh, no, 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 I'm sure that they... I'm sure that they love Grandpa. That might actually be part of the problem. <laughs> but but I guess, what? how old's Brody G now? He's, He's uh, nine? nine? Ten. Yeah. Nine, ten, somewhere in there. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, so everybody else is younger than that. It would be sheer chaos. Yeah. And you yeah. at the center of that brings a smile to my face, actually. Well, I would let them do whatever they want. Which would also be part of the problem. <laughs> You want to put your finger in that electric socket? Sure. (laughs) No, I wouldn't love to do that. Where's Brody? He's playing video games in the bathtub. But if they wanted
1: treats, if they wanted to watch something on TV, if they wanted to play
0: video games, sure. Have at it. Easy with those steak knives, kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, The little one would be a little intimidating because when they're just a few days old, that's, uh, you know, you've just been through that.
0: Yes, I do know. But, you know. Babies are great. I'm, I'm happy for that family. It's a great family. He's going to love staying up. Now Lisa, home. come home. <laughs> yeah, because she, there's a there's a child at home that needs care. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Gordon probably himself almost put his finger in the electric socket this week. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.